getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of Guns and Yellow Ribbons. My name is Fergus. I am your host tonight. I am joined by old man Trev, Scunny Mike and Owen from the Gooner podcast. Uh, we're going to look back at the Brighton away game. Um, we're going to just have a general talk about um, Arsenal stuff, the Gooner debate, and briefly look ahead to the Palace game, but not really in a huge amount of depth. Um, first, I welcome uh, Trev to the um, to the uh, podcast. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right, mate. Still in Thank shorts. I've recovered. Well, I'm sat in my bedroom, and I've been banished to the bedroom tonight because we've got visitors downstairs. And we've got a new puppy that's doing me nothing. So I've been banished to the bedroom and I'm quite happy to be up here, actually. I'm doing all right, thank you, Fergus. It took me a couple of days to recover from Brighton. It was, a, it was a, apart from a, it's a crappy ground to get to and from, and that completely ruins it. it. And the weather was the worst I think I've ever remembered at a game. It was a good weekend and I enjoyed it. And I, I was in a bit of a, a mess when I got home, but uh, I've recovered now, mate. Ready to go tonight. Look at me, bald head. Did you have more? Did you have more than your um, two pints? Did you stretch it to two and a half? I may have had um, two pints before midday, two pints after midday, two pints after half past midday, and I'm not getting myself in any more trouble. Okay. Also joining us today is uh, Scunny Mike. Scunny, you didn't make it to. Uh... You didn't make it to Brighton, and you were glad. I saw you on uh, Lee Judge's TV doing your fan cam, saying you were glad you didn't get, go down there and get soaked. Yeah, I'm full of flu or cold away already now, and I didn't even go to a game like that with that. When it's absolutely slugging it down with rain, so in one respect, yeah, I'm glad I didn't go because of that. But take it as it comes. Okay, <clears throat> and uh, you just saw a brief, brief glimpse of. Uh, another Irishman. We, I thought we need to Irish up this show a little bit more. Um, we brought in Owen, uh, Owen from the Gooner podcast. Owen, myself, yourself, and Scunny, we put the Yank to bed the other night, um, and I thought it'd be really good to bring you across here and uh, get you, you know, give you your, um, your 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 maiden voyage on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, buddy. I hope you can hear me now. Yeah. It's not the best, the best uh, microphone in the world. Ah, uh, it's okay. I'll, I'll I'll sort it out when somebody else is talking. Um, no, look, <laughs> I don't I don't do a lot of other podcasts to be perfectly honest. But when you two boys come over and absolutely belittled Mike in front of everybody, um, I grew a sense of admiration <laughs> for the both of you. So that's why I've agreed to come on. Uh, that was a bit of classic. Uh, that was a bit of classic. Um, but the Yanks in the place wasn't it, Scunny? <clears throat> I do that a lot with Mike. It's not. It's not an uncommon yeah. thing from me. <laughs> if I'm being honest, guys, we're going to look at the Brighton away game first of all, and, and, and as um, we've alluded to, the conditions down there in Brighton. Uh, Trev, talk to me about it. I, I, I know you said um, that. Uh, sorry, Tony Fain is just in the chat, and he's come along and said people with dodgy microphones. Poof. <laughs> Tony, glass houses and everything else, mate. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, Trevor, the conditions down there. What, what were they like? Uh, you said to me that in the morning you woke up with the salt water that was on your raincoat that was blown in from the from from the sea. It was that bad, mate. It was horrendous. It was. It was. It was. I can't remember there being worse weather at a game. To be honest, there probably has been. 
But it was that bad. We were, I arrived in Brighton and I was stopping down in Brighton because I couldn't get home after the game. So I put myself in a hotel on the seafront. And the wind was that bad in the rain. You couldn't actually walk against it, mate. It was horrible. It was horrible. Um, and I was, as I say, I had a room right on the seafront, which wasn't pleasant either. Um, but yeah, and then that continued all day, all afternoon, all through the game. It was just howling gale and hammering down with rain. And Terry's just popped up in the chat and he just moaned and moaned and moaned all afternoon. Did me nothing. Um, but it, it actually wasn't a bad trip because we went to see the riders of the night, which if people don't know, is an Arsenal group. They were playing Danny Brighton and we had a white laugh there. Um, Terry bought me a beer, which is unusual. I, I, I actually have a little video clip of yourself and Ben Davis, which I thought I'd share. I haven't. I haven't, Trev. Yeah. <laughs> ben, ben Bennett, sorry, Ben Bennett. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I saw your face and you got, oh, Jesus, you said to me, do not put that on the podcast. I haven't got it. I won't put it on the podcast. But your face was a picture just for a second. <laughs> it was, but going back to the weather, Fergus, it was honestly the worst I've ever seen at, um, at football. I, I can't remember it being worse. It must have been at some stage, you know, standing on a clock in years ago. With no cover, it must have been worse. But I mean, we was about seven or eight rows back at Brighton, and it was just blowing right up the stand. Horrible. I wouldn't have wanted to play sport in it, to be honest. And Scully, um, the lineups. Uh, looking at the lineups, we had um, Lakonga in for Shaka. What were your What were your thoughts on on bringing Lakonga in for Shaka? Well, in all fairness, uh, well, we did have... No choice, was there really? Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. That, that, that's a fair comment. But no, I, what about... I, I, with, with Laconga, I like Laconga though. To be honest, I think he's a good player, and he got a lot of stick for Brighton match, and I don't understand why. I thought out of the two, if he was comparing him and Partey in the game, I thought Laconga looked the better player than what Partey did in the Brighton game. I thought yeah, he held I, the ball I, up well. I thought he tackled well. I thought he got back well. Um, I thought his passing was a lot better. Uh, his shooting, well, then again, I think he only had one shot. Then he realised he skied it and thought, no, I'm not doing that again. But Partey carried on shooting into Rose Ed. So, you know, it's it's a case of that's how it is. I, 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 we, we'll get into a bit more on Partey and, 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 and Tommy Asu and stuff and some of the players that did struggle, uh, Bamiang and so on, uh, as we go along. But I suppose the question was more, and I'll put this to you, Owen, to a certain degree, Um uh, Laconga was chosen over the, the option of maybe Maitland-Niles. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, first of all, sound check. Everything's okay now. Is that better? Yeah, oh, it's better. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, um, look, I think that whilst Ainsley Maitland-Niles definitely has his qualities and his, and his attributes that are definitely useful throughout the entirety of the season, I, I really don't see how he has the skill set to operate as a mainstay in midfield for a team like Arsenal. Um maybe even let alone in the Premier League uh, at that level, you know. I think that what's, what's, I think what's slightly disappointing as well is is that seemingly by his interviews that come out, Ainsley Maitland-Niles has almost surrendered to the fact that that might be his future um, is in a right-back role or a wing-back role or as this sort of utility ga- or Phil Neville player um, that a lot of people wanted him to be. And then, <laughs> strangely, Arteta has seem, seem, seemingly put it, put it in and say that now he's just a central midfielder and that's it. Um in terms of would he have made a difference in the centre of the park, him or El Nani, I don't think to do. I think it was. I think the problem was systemic rather than um, rather than any individual. 
I think that we're being overloaded in the wide areas and the Conga and Partey were being sucked out of position, which is, it's the most helpless feeling as a footballer when you're seeing one of your teammates being overrun, like say Thomas Partey was seeing Tommy Asu get overrun. Um, it, it's, it's sort of soul-destroying because in on one hand, you want to go and help them out. That's the right thing to do. But also you need to cover your own position because the holes that were left in midfield were absolutely massive. So um, to answer your question, I don't think it would have made a vast difference at all. But I do think that Mikel Arteta could have made a change to put Ainsley Maitland-Niles on, take any of those central midfielders off and move to a back three to, to try and nullify um, Brighton's strength of coming down the wings. Mm. Trevor, um, we won't go into forget me names, uh, but um, wh- what did you make of of that that lineup in the, in the main change being uh, Laconga in for um, for Shaka? Did you were there and you could see more off camera than we could? Yeah, we we missed the we missed the the Xhaka that played against Tottenham. We missed, but that we that, you've got to remember that that the Xhaka that played against Tottenham was much improved on the Xhaka we'd seen previously. So I think he had to bring Laconga in from my perspective. Laconga's looked good. In, in, being at the game, I've not watched the game back on the telly yet. So it's interesting listening to the boys. I didn't think that any, I think, I think the weather was the winner on the day. And I didn't think that any of our boys played badly. I think that Brighton just, just were a bit stronger than us in that kind of weather. And, and they looked it. And I honestly think, right, and, and I'd be really interested to get the views here. And I'm being serious. People might think I'm 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 joking, but I'm not. I think that if Albama Yang would have been firing on all cylinders, like we want him to do, if I, you know, I think that was a, a definite one nil to the Arsenal. One of those breaks we made towards the end would have been converted and would have nicked a one nil, like good old fashioned Arsenal. Not play very well, struggle a bit in areas of the field. But old firm, stay tight, got the other in and bang a one nil in. I honestly thought, you know, standing there in that stand, soaking wet through, freezing cold, I honestly thought last 10 minutes of that game, seriously, we were going to nick a one nil. I thought we we're going to break up the field here and nick a one nil. I honestly did. I, honestly. I, 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 to- I totally agree. And and, and I jumped on um, the Guru podcast. They got their, what is it? It's a, a fo- effectively a phone in, Owen, um, yeah. that, that, that Mike and yourself. Yeah, open mic show, which, which uh, you do after each game. And um, I jumped on there and Scunny was on there also. And um, I said uh, to you two that I was sitting in my local pub. Uh, there was, um, I'm going to name drop, Kevin Olin was in there uh, with us and he was sitting at my table. And um, I, I had, I'd said, I, no, I said, I said to, to Kevin and, and a couple of my other mates who were at the table, I said, this is, and I also put on the WhatsApp group, which so it is, it is confirmed that, um, I, I said this was a smash and grab. It was going to be a one nil smash and grab, and it could have gone either way. But I thought Arsenal were going to smash and grab and do it. Um, you now touched on Aubameyang, and now I know why I'm in my bedroom tonight. He's going to send me to sleep in a minute. I'm off to bed. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> Scunny, uh, we ignore the old man because he's on his his, his Horlicks already ready for bed. Um, Aubameyang, he hit the post with a, a header and he, he was unlucky, but that's all he did. We had Aubameyang and, and the team to a certain degree against Tottenham, which were smashing it all over the park and Aubameyang looked like he was back. Um, what did you make of his performance overall? Well, it was a, I thought it was a poor performance for Aubameyang. I think he was back to that yes, game yeah. that we, we saw him at, uh, what we saw see at Burnley. And you see these 
you know, what we would call being Arsenal fans, smaller teams like Brighton and stuff like that, they are hard to break down. Like, if you watch the Burnley game, it was a very hard team to break down. And then you go back to this Brighton game, uh, it's another team that's going to be hard to break down. You know, they had everything going for them. They were at home. The weather was absolutely garbage. But I don't blame the weather for our poor performance. I just feel like it, there was a lot, you know, there's a lot more going on than it was just the weather. But uh, Aubameyang, yeah, I just think he's... He's not a great at the minute. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, there's probably got, you know, he's probably got a lot going on, and I ain't, I ain't got a clue what they are. But he's not firing on all cylinders. He's, he's he has been a very poor forward for us. He, he looks like a square peg in a round hole. You know, it's just not working at the moment for him. But just quickly you, before you, you think... just quickly before you move on, Fergus, about Xhaka. Does anyone else think in here? I'm just going to ask a question to you lot. That game that we played against Brighton was that a Xhaka red card in going? I reckon. Uh, me personally, I think that was a red, a red card for Xhaka in that game, uh, because of the way Four. the game was and the way it moved along. But if Xhaka played, I reckon he probably would have got a red card in that game. Does anyone else not think the same? Uh, um, I, th I think that the, I think that there should have been a potential red card. Um, I don't know whether that would maybe be too harsh, but one of our fellow countrymen, Fergus uh, Duffy. Very, very late in Ramsdale, and absolutely no intervention oh, yeah. at all. I know that I know that physicality is being uh, brought back into the game. Visibly, you can see that this year, and, and I absolutely love it. But it, a completely dangerous and reckless and needless challenge. And, and Brighton have been guilty of that in the past of roughing up goalkeepers and stuff. It seems to be a tactic that they deploy. Um, and I was I was pretty disappointed not to see that being reviewed uh, because as I say absolutely no intention to, to play the ball and a, a, and a pretty horrible shoulder right to the side of the head I thought thought he got off of that one yeah just just go back to the Abamyang thing uh, Mike you can go back and then go to Owen on it um, uh, Richard from the over and over podcast comes along and says Abamyang had no service um, and without service uh, he you know what could he do he's gone from 30 goals a season to 12 to 15 goals uh, is it the system or is it him uh, I think it's probably a bit of both personally um, but Scotty what, what's your thoughts on that and then go to you Owen uh, well you got to look at Aubameyang as a very one-dimensional striker. If it's not a through ball, for instance, go running at pace, he he doesn't tend to do a lot with it. You know, the, the the system is probably at fault for a lot of it. Yes, because we're not seeing that quick movement going forward in games because we haven't seen it for a while. Uh, so yeah, you could you could blame the system, but you could also blame you know Aubameyang for really not sort of changing his ways of means of doing things. You know, he must have known when Arteta came in or even when the, the system started changing. He needs to change with the times as well. But that's the one-dimensional character that we see from Aubameyang. Um, he's not getting in, you know, he's not getting the balls that he wants, so he just sort of tends to give up. He doesn't really run back. He doesn't really do much. Like, when we saw Lacazette coming on in the game, it changed a lot. So, but I'm sure you'll probably get into that later. But um, mm -hmm. you saw the game changed when Lacazette came on. Mm -hmm. I, 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 just, uh, I just think that Pierre-Henrik Aubameyang is one of these players that it, it, that's the way he plays, you know, that, that is his average game at the best of times but the big difference is, is that sometimes he scores and that's all he'll do in a game and he'll win you a game and, and, and that's Pierre-Henrik Aubameyang at its best and then other times the chances just don't come and he doesn't do that and games pass him by like, like the Brighton one seemingly did the big disappointment for me was that I think Martin Odegaard got a lot of stick um uh, once the game had ended, down to his performance, we've seen him stub, subbed off quite early. Um, 
But I employ everybody to go back and watch the opening 15 minutes of that game. And Martin Odegaard was relentlessly trying to trigger presses against Brighton. And Aubameyang was having none of it. And there's very few things, I think, that you can control in football. But application, attitude and work rate are a few things that you can do. And he just didn't do that. And that was the disappointing thing for me. Is we've seen what Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang can do when he when he wants to you know and that and that's the sad thing it just doesn't seem like he wants to do that at the minute and i think what what that is is that in a, in a way when arteta first came in due to the lack of quality players that he had he had to deploy that three at the back system quite deep quite negative and and essentially he was a square peg square peg and a round hole player and he was outperforming really what he should have been doing and eventually those goals straight up and he's a confidence player for me and I just don't think that that type of game suited Aubameyang. And when, very much like Mesut Ozil, when he doesn't want to do it, he's not going to do it, regardless of what anybody else does. The unfortunate thing is that he's the guy with the captain's armband around his arm, and, and there's much more expected of a player at Arsenal wearing a captain's armband. So, look, for me, below par um, performance from Aubameyang, but I think that comes come the summertime, it's probably emphasised the need for a new striker, because at the minute we've got two strikers that seemingly don't suit, suit the system that the manager wants to play. So, Trevor, is it Aubameyang, his application? Is it Aubameyang, his desire? Uh, is it Aubameyang, he's got issues? Or is it the system? Well, Fergus, it sounds like I'm dodging the issue here, but you could you could fairly make you know a, a case for any of those, mate, because we don't know. We're speculating, you know? So mm-hmm. you could fairly make a case for any of those reasons. But what I will say is going going back to the game a bit in general, is that I see I, the way I watched it, I didn't think that anybody played really badly. I thought it wasn't the best team performance we could have put out there. And Albamiang has been struggling, so it's highlighted again. I think that talking about the strikers specifically, mate, we we're like I think we're one transfer window behind where I wanted to be. I always said yeah. I'd give out, I'd give Arteta till Christmas this year and then start making judgments in my head, right? But I honestly thought that Arteta would have his full team now. And I know he's got lots of players that he's bought, but he hasn't got his strikers yet. I think I'm probably a transfer window behind where I'd like, like us to be. I'm not saying that's good. I'm not saying that's bad for me, but but I, I do think we need... It, let's not say Aubameyang's playing too badly. Let's just say we need a freshen up. I think we need a freshen up up front. Yeah, badly correct. A freshen up up front. I, I don't want to see Lacquer or Alba, really. I want to see some some young guns. We saw Balogun earlier in the season. He got a massive chance at Brentford. Didn't do it for me. Didn't look ready yet, you know. Martinelli, when he's played, seen loads in social media this week about Martinelli not getting a chance. But when he has got minutes, he's not looked brilliant. So I think that none of them were really bad. We didn't have the best of performances. Another day we nicked that game 1-0 and we massively need a freshen up up front. And that's, you know me, I won't think... talk badly about players, Fergus. I won't really go no, 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 no. rightly or wrongly. No, that's I, I... Me, you know? But we get, do need a freshen get, up up front. Get, get that 100%. But um, two questions uh, uh, jump out at there from, well, I can remember one now. The first question was, you came along and said um, that uh, you were going to give Arteta till Christmas, but you think you might be one window short. Would you be uh, 
uh, offended if people say, oh, you're just making excuses uh, to, to extend it because you don't want to go Arteta out. Um, and I'm not, not saying that you... But, no, you know, there's elements of... Listen, we talked before we hang on one second. We talked before we came online about elements of social media, elements of the fan base, and so on, who uh, have got various uh, modus operandums and, and, and uh, you know, ideas in their head. Uh, would uh, saying I'll stay till the end of the season would Arteta be such a bad thing? And, and, and go on, well, you, answer. Well, focus, I get what you're saying, mate. I get what you're saying, but you know me well, mate, and people that watch this show regularly know me well. You're never going to hear me say Arteta out because my agenda with with the football club is 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 I'm six near I'm 59 years old. I've supported Arsenal ever since I can remember, and I've never asked for a manager to leave in my life. I take the good with the bad. I want us to win every game. Desperately want us to win every game. As I said before, from the heart, I'm an Arsenal fan, you know, and I'm an Arsenal fan, and I go to watch my club play football, and I'm not going to say. Arteta ever. I'm quite happy to say, I said it before, I, he does my head in recently. I can't understand some of his selections. But he's, asked, he's manager of my team, so he's got my faith. And, and he will, I'll stick, I'll, I won't say Arteta ever. I think we are, as I said, the, the, all you're going to get out of me, mate, is that I think we are a transfer window behind. I love you too, Princess. We're a transfer window behind where I want you to be. I think instead of it being Christmas... Probably going to be Christmas and then two hours after that. Uh, I, you know what? I, th I think pandemic is a lot to, to to answer for on there because Arteta was appointed pre-pandemic. Then you've all the, the the monetary issues with pandemic and so on, uh, and restrictions that have been put on 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 people. So y you've got a very valid point. I still will stick to the Christmas sort of deadline in my head only because not deadline, but like oh. line in the sand of me saying if we're moving in the right direction. If we're moving in the right direction and I think it needs another two, three windows, well, then it needs another two, three windows. But I just want to see progress. I want to see what we've seen recently, which is a, a solid starting 11, which we've seen last two or three games. Uh, and I want to see, uh, the, like the signings we saw when we saw them play at Burnley, we saw them play at Tottenham, uh, the new signings uh, impacting and, and, and building that team. Owen, oh, uh, you touched on Odegaard earlier. Um, Arsenal's most uh, one of the um, standout performers in recent wins over Burnley and Spurs. Uh, bar what you talked about, he was largely anonymous throughout the game. Um, yeah, and, and, and this is the confusing thing as well because I think the most disappointing thing for me about this game in particular was that I think whilst it was predictable, it was disappointing, and, and that's the, that what we what we seen against Spurs. We've seen what this squad is capable of. And this this is our problem as Arsenal, not only under Mikel Arteta, but seemingly under Arsene Wenger and Unai Emery, as we always have these big results, and then we just don't carry on any momentum from it. And that's not not to knock Brighton. I think that we were extremely lucky to escape with any points at all from that fixture, uh, and they they were a different class to us on the day. But again, with Martin Odegaard, I think that I think that he was relatively harshly judged for his uh, for his loan spell. I think he's a a phenomenal young player. I think that he's going to be eventually a world-class player. I think he'll be one of the best in the world in that position. I think people forget that when he came in originally, he was coming off the back of not really playing for six months. He sustained an injury and was playing with an injury while he was there, trying to settle into a new club halfway through the season under difficult circumstances. 
Um, so for me, look, th- th- this is what I mentioned, and I, and I don't want to dive too deeply into other players as well, but this is something I said on our podcast. With this new crop of players, it's given me a realisation of something that I didn't think was that important. I always thought of players as these commodities that were sent out to give you a statistical output and help you try and climb a league. But with Aaron Ramsdale, with Martin Odegaard, with Tommy Asu, Kieran Tierney, Bukayo Saka, name any of them, what they have done is really made me realise is that it doesn't just matter about your technical quality. The likability factor has to come in. And Arsenal haven't been a likable squad for a long, long, long time. With too many players that aren't relatable, that aren't nice people to, to, to say it politely. But I think players like Aaron Ramsdale, who was belittled before he came into the club and now has seemingly won the entire fan base on side, it's 70% ability for me and 30% likability now. And that's the difference with Martin Odegaard. Because of his work rate in previous games, because of his performances, because of the passion that he plays with, he's given himself that breathing space now to have a game like he did against Brighton and come back and prove prove everybody wrong again next week. And that's why I think players like Martin Odegaard or Aaron Ramsdale aren't going to get any stick for this result, whereas someone would mentioned Granit Xhaka or Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang are players that will get stick because they haven't shown the passion that we'd like to see as a fan base in their past. Mm-hmm. Scunny, um, uh, Lowski73 says, we can't keep writing off this team uh, for year after year, five years of this, maybe next year, eh? Um, I know you have uh, been probably more critical than myself and Trev have of the manager and some of his tactics, uh, whilst always being um, respectful, etc. Um, can we keep on... Answer Lowski73's uh, question. Well, I'm I'm not a fan of Arteta. I think everyone knows that um, through previous podcasts that I've done. Uh, I've never really been a fan of his. Um, I'm not going to sit there every time I get onto a podcast or sit there every time on Twitter after every game going, Arteta out, Arteta out, Arteta out, this is not good enough. I'm not that type of person. You know, I can't. you, you can't keep going doing that every time, you know, we, we draw a game or lose a game. Sometimes, you know, I'm sorry Trev, but shit happens. <laughs> no, no, you're right, Mike. Oh, come well, I'm, not, right. I'm not going to sit there and do that. You, you know, because what I saw, personally, what I saw against Brighton, I, I saw a hard-fought game. I, I saw a game that we were probably, at one point, we were looking at losing. But we managed to scrape a draw out of it. You know, and after, the, you know, coming off the back of the North London derby, the way I see the North London, North London derby, as sure as anyone else, you know, all bets are off against Tottenham. All bets are off. It doesn't matter yep. if you're playing well. It doesn't matter if you're playing poorly. All bets are off. It's a completely different kettle of fish to what you would go against Brighton. You know, that's the way I see it. But it's okay. You know, I'm not going to sit here, like I said, I'm not going to sit here every time we draw, we lose, we win. You know, I'm not going to criticise every single time about it because I'm I'm sick of, I, you know, I got sick so- of banging that drum last season. You know, I was that I was so that Mike, type of person who was going on and on and on, and I said at the start of this season, I think I mentioned it to you as well, Fergus. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to criticise game by game. But if I see a game like we did against Brighton, a hard fought game, I'm going to say yes, it was a hard fought game. We probably would have lost that, you know. But you know, a few weeks ago, we probably would have lost that game, but we didn't. Uh, we that was, that, that was a question I was going to. 
that was a question I was going to ask you. The, 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 the first one was um, three, four weeks ago. Could you see us win this game or losing the game? And I think I personally think we would have lost this game if the, this was uh, after, say, the, the if this was um, the Norwich game uh, and we were away to Brighton. I think we would have lost the game. Uh, and the second question was: Can you see that we're making any progress in your view um, with? this season in comparison to where you were last season. I know you said that you went off all social media, you went off WhatsApp, you went off all the groups and everything else just because it was getting you down. And I can understand that. Yeah, but yeah. Do, do you see us winning it? And can you see progress? Uh, I can see some kind of progress. I, uh, you know, looking at the new signings and everything like that, you know, when we look at Tomiyasu, when you look at um, Lukonga, Tavares, you know, all these players in Ramsdale, I was sceptical about a lot of players, you know, I was sceptical about Ramsdale, uh, I was sceptical about Tommy Asu because I'd never even heard of him, I'd never even seen him Likewise. play in Serie A, you know, so I was sceptical about these players, but you know you know me, everyone knows me now, is I like to be proven wrong with people, you know, Arteta's still yet to prove me wrong, but the likes of Ramsdale, he's proven me wrong every time he plays, I was very sceptical of him, I never criticised him when he first came in like a lot of people did on social media, I never did that. Because I'm not that type of person. And I think you're an absolute arsehole for doing that. You know, and he's proving so many people wrong now. And I'm, I'll hold my hands up and say, yes, he is proving me wrong. I was very sceptical of the signing. But he's played game by game. And he's, you know, we're keeping clean sheets. How can you argue with that? You know, I think he's mm. only lost, you know, he's only he didn't keep one clean sheet against Tottenham. That's it. You know, he's only one goal as well. See, there you go. And, you know, with Tommy Asu, although I thought he played very poorly against Brighton, he's looked really good We'll player. cover that, yeah. yeah and, yeah, yeah. you know, so, yeah, I can see some kind of moving forward. I can see that sort, you know, I can see that going forward. But I, I still feel that we need them type of players that I would say in the brackets of not far off being world-class players. You know, maybe just underneath yeah, being great I, players, I, 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 we still need that in the squad. I think the issue we've got there is um, while we haven't got European football, it's always going to be hard to attract yeah. those. And while we've got some players, while we've got some players on uh, astronomical wages on older contracts, um, that's also going to limit us a little bit. Trev, um, Brighton dominated the first half and they were quite strong in the second half. But overall, they had 21 attempts to put the ball past Aaron Ramsdale, but only challenged him really twice. And one was a wonder save, which we'll talk about as well. Um, uh, how did you see the game there? Were you ever worried that we were going to lose the game? Did you always like when we look at it? And Scunny was on the, the the one after the Brighton game, and Scunny had said that he he was never worried about us losing. Did you feel the same with the Brighton game? You see, look, you boys know I'm an idiot. I think we're going to win every game, right? I'm that kind of fan. <laughs> but that's there is. I thought that Brighton might. I thought that Brighton would possibly score, but then I didn't think we'd lose the game, right? And and that's how I am. But but Owen and Mike both make really fair and, and good points, and I don't mind criticism of my football club when it's done the way that that Mike does done it. Then I don't mind that. I don't mind that. And Owen's exactly right. You know. With Odegaard, not every player is going to play really well every game. And we'll see how Odegaard comes back next game and plays football, you know. You can't expect... I'm thinking the same with Tommy Yashu. I didn't think he was brilliant, but it's his fourth game for the club. Come on, you know. As for as for changes, have we improved under Arteta? I'm 100% confident when I say, of course we have. We've got a completely different back five to what played against Manchester City. 
And that was only four weeks ago. He's getting his players fit, you know. And and we that game against Brighton, as you said, Fergus, rightly said, we lose that. And in my head, we I'm, not a shadow of doubt do we lose that game at the start of the season. If it comes at the start in the first three or four games of the season, we get beat at Brighton. But it was different, you know. I, I must you pick out Ramsdale, so I'll have me 30 seconds worth of Ramsdale, right? It's not just about his goalkeeping, Ramsdale, right? It's, as Owen said, it's about he's, he's enjoying playing for the Arsenal. You can see he wants to be out there playing for our football club. He wants to. He wants to interact with us too as well, Trev. Yeah, that's what I mean. And, and, and that is why the support has been so much better this season. Because as Owen says, as a supporter there, you want to lift them players. Because they're lifting you. You want to lift those players, you know. So we've undoubtedly seen we've seen improvements. We're not a final thing. Will Will Arsenal stay patient with Arteta? I honestly hope they do. But you see, Mike's Mike's been different in that. I've watched some of these people on social media, Fergus, and I honestly have to laugh. I have to laugh because when we beat Tottenham, some people actually said, "Oh, Arteta's there now. He's done it. He's turned us around. We're on our way." <laughs> and then put a butt on the end. But if we lose next week against Brighton, I want him out. Come on. <laughs> it's bloody football. We win, lose, we draw. We win, we lose, we draw. If we won every game we played in, we'd have won the league for the last hundred and odd years, wouldn't we? It's football. Think about what you're saying when you say these things. Think about what you're saying. Give yourself a look and say, why am I saying if we beat Tottenham, our Tetas a hero, but if we lose to Brighton, I want him sacked again. You, the, the, it's... it's, it, it's it, it. I can't work it out. It, 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 no, it, it, listen. I, you know what? I, I, I've turned fifty this year, but I, I, I find myself saying so much stuff, and I sound like I am a granddad, but I sound like an old granddad. I sound like my dad, my, you know, like old people, and I just come along and say, "Oh, well, it's the, it's the young generation," you know, and. It is a modern generation of fans that they want everything, instant gratification of absolutely everything. And they, like, I, I didn't go to the football when you went in the eighties because I didn't even live in the country. But like, we, we were like dreadful under Terry Neal and and and, and the time, as we know from talking about the Arsenal history over um, the summer. Owen, um, looking at a couple of other players that struggled, and uh, listen. Uh, I, I, it sounds like I'm been a bit negative, but I'm I'm I just want to dig out because I, overall I think the point was a good uh, a good result. But um, Party and Tomiyasu, Tomiyasu struggled. I think he struggled because he came up against a very very strong opponent on on that left hand side, um, who gave him a really good game, but he still kept him in control. So you know, and as Trev pointed out, it's only four games in. He's finding his feet. The Premier League is going to be huge. And the last game he played in was uh, the North London derby. But him and Partey uh, did uh, come up into some criticism of their performances. What did you make of theirs? Yeah, well, look, I think I think the disappointing thing again was that uh, when we signed Thomas Partey, we thought we were getting this Rolls Royce of a midfielder that could do it all. And and it really, since his inclusion this season, he, start, he started to show that, you know, against Spurs, he looked like, Different, different quality to any other player on that pitch in terms of his ability on the ball and and to cover ground defensively too. Um, so, and then you go to Tommy Asu. I think Trev covered it quite well. There is that 
<clears throat> it's funny when I look back. Okay, we all talk about the Invincibles, all right, and, and stuff. And I, I might be young, like 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 way younger, like a, a lot younger than used to, like a lot. But this <laughs> show. <laughs> they are ancient. I'll give it back. They are, yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard uh, Fergus was trying to deflect the fact that he's older miserably, but uh, but but anyway, when we talk about the Invincibles and stuff, looking back, even back then when I was when I was a a, a bit of a nipper, Freddie Youngberg had a bad game. Robert Perez had a bad game. Thierry Henry had poor games. Vieira, Gilberto, they all had bad games. They weren't these gods that never had a bad performance. And, and Tommy Asu has showed against Burnley, which apparently is now, according to Football Twitter, which is the nicest place in the world, um, the the be-all uh, be and end-all of the physical test of the Premier League. Um, he's done it against Spurs as well, who up to a few weeks ago were quite good in the wide areas as well against Hyung Min Sun, kept him relatively quiet. He, this Hyung Min Sun got his goal when he moved away from Tommy Asu. So to see him have a bad game. I think, again, I'll go back to the point of him and Partey because they were both playing on that same side. It was a systemic issue. There was an overload always happening. Kukurea, I think, is the left-back's name, was absolutely outstanding. He played flawlessly, I thought. But again, no help whatsoever. And I'm not sure whether that's down to his winger, whether it's down to Thomas Partey or whether it's down to um, uh, Tony Asu himself. There's another observation I had as well, and Again, correct me if I'm wrong here, but Keir Tierney seemingly has a lot more emphasis on him to get forward this season. You know, he's almost being played as an out-and-out winger now, and I think Keir, Tier- Keir Tierney does his best work coming from deep, a one-two ball, and then using his work rate and his pace to get past the player uh, and create a, an overlap down that side. But his re- starting position is extremely high, which means Gabrielle has to shift over, Ben White has to shift over, and Tommy Asu has to stay deep. And I think the fact that Ben White was very far away from him for the majority of the game was sort of limiting what Tommy Asu could do except just show show Kukare down the line. So I think systemically, Mikel Arteta failed Tommy Asu. He didn't do anything to rectify it throughout the match, which was a little disappointing. But there were still aspects of his games that he was relatively, relatively sloppy in. So, but look, one game... This guy has come in probably not expecting to start as much as he has been, um, so I think we'll have to take it easy on the guy and give him a chance. It's only it's only a few games in. Uh, I agree with that. Can I just point out as well, just quick on Tommy Asu? Um, you know, he, he's he's come from Bologna. He's only a young lad. Has he ever even seen rain like that? What was in Brighton? Has he even <laughs> exactly. played in that type of weather? Exactly. You know, and if he's going to have a bad game, that was probably going to be it. You know, and it wasn't even that bad of a game. You know, we we still kept a clean sheet. So you know, it's it's, and, it's and, and a young honest, lad, the... and he's, he's just come to England. He's come from Italy. He's probably never even seen rain like it. Let's just give him a bit of a break on there. Um, Trev, uh, at towards the end of the game, Smith Rowe and Saka paired up quite well. Unfortunately, not well enough. Smith Rowe probably didn't make the right decision. Um, he didn't bury it. And if he wasn't going to bury it, he should have squared it at the Saka. And we could have nicked uh, the, the game as we all thought it was going to be just a smash and grab. Um, how did you feel Saka and Smithrow played? Um, did, did you see, I, I, I didn't think either looked too tired. Um, I, 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 you know, because people talk about um, them getting overplayed, etc. Go on. What, what was your thought of that play and, and, and their performance? 
I thought they were fine. As I said earlier, I didn't. I thought they were absolutely fine, Fergus. And what we've also got to remember is, I, I don't know where Brighton have found them, but Brighton are a massively tall side. I mean, we've found we've found some defenders this season. That I, I, I bet the average height of our defender this season has probably gone up by about three inches a player. And Brighton have come back. That what's his name? That Burn. I think it was num- their number three or thirty-three. That Burn. He looked about seven foot tall at one point. Odegaard was marking him, and he could have sucked his lip off. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was that short. He might have, but that was probably yeah. taken off camera. You know what, mate? <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. He might but, have, but that was yeah. yeah. It's, it's look. I, I'm I'm going to generalise again. Nobody played really, really bad. People had off days. I'm now. I'm actually looking forward to two home games now. Not two home games in a week because Sky have buried us. Sky have buried yeah. us, bang out of order. But I'm actually looking forward to two home games back at the Emirates with that same team. With that same team, I don't think he should make a single change, right? And see how we go then. I'm excited about getting us getting back to the Emirates because it wasn't as bad. Everybody's making good points about Brighton. Everybody's making good points, picking bits out. You know, Lukonga, Partey, um, Tommy Yashu, Alba. And, and they're all valid points because it all actually happened. I can't argue any of them points. But as I said just now, if I generalise it all, I thought we were unlucky not to nick a, a typical Arsenal 1-0 at the end because we had two or three no, I... two chances at the end could have, could have nicked a 1-0. Totally agree. Uh, and I think uh, Brighton were also wasteful in what they'd done. Uh, they had more opportunities, but we did look threatening when we got those slight things. The the, the thing that stood out for me, with the exception of Tottenham, who end up uh, finishing below us uh, by us beating them, it's the first club that's above us in the league this season that we've actually gained a point against we've we've dropped points against Chelsea Man City and now Brentford are ahead of it you know so so you could you can pick positives out of it out of it there the whole way along uh Owen were we tactically out um outmaneuvered by uh Graham Potter oh absolutely yeah I, I... I've reiterated that uh, a few times already. And I think that a big thing as well to remember is that Graham Potter, I remember he was being talked about as a potential replacement if Mikel Arteta was to be moved on. And, and people laughed at the fact. And, and and the truth is he's he's overperformed at almost every job he's had. Um, and not only that, if you look at that Brighton squad as a collective, there are players that he has had a hold of for a substantially long period now. And, and now you're starting to see the fruits of his labour, the implementation, their pressing was absolutely phenomenal. We didn't know how to deal with it. And I think that that was, that obviously that was done purpose uh, purposely. But if you look back at Brantford game, I think he probably took that as a blueprint at how to beat Arsenal. You know, they were doubling up on Ben White all the time. You know, who, who, who knows Ben White better than, than Brighton and Graham Potter. Um, they knew that he was the the, the outlet. I think that um, during the Tottenham game, Aaron Ramsdale uh, passed to Ben White the most. He was the player that Aaron Ramsdale gave the ball to directly most um, from goal kicks. I think he did it twice in, in this game. So it just shows how, how much emphasis they put on eliminating his ability to pass the ball out from the back and break our press. Um, so I, th- I think that that is somewhere that uh, I'm with Trev. Look, uh, I think that there's this old saying, and I and I really don't like it of uh, 
a flip flop. People say, people say, um, I view changes with the landscape that, that we're in. And for me, at the start of the season, when them results were coming in, I was gone. Oh, I think we lost him. Um, Trev, uh, while um, uh, Owen jumps back in again, um, both teams had penalty um, claims. Uh, that one was Smithrow was adjudged to have fallen over too easily, and the yeah. other one was uh, under a challenge from Duffy and Gabrielle uh, evaded punishment. Even though on from our recall on VAR. Uh, looking at the VAR, I was surprised that one wasn't given. Um, what were your 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 thoughts? Uh, well, actually, probably you're the wrong one from live. Uh, what we... Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you haven't watched it back on TV, Mike. Live, you see it, and I don't. Yeah, 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 Mike. Mike, what was your thoughts on 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 those two uh, penalty calls? Nah, it's just tip for tat in it. None of them was really penalties. Like like uh, Owen said a bit earlier on, the only one that I thought was the, you know the worst one was was the uh, challenge on Aaron Ramsdale. I thought that should have been looked at a lot more uh, thoroughly rather than any of the penalty shouts. <clears throat> yeah, no, no, that 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 would be my take on it. Um, like uh, Heath has just said in the comments there, you know, fifty-fifty. You know, he could have gone either way, I suppose, but he was more tit for tat. I just think it was just you know one of them games, isn't it? <laughs> Trev, just to finish up on this game, uh, the Ramsdale save. Um, uh, some uh, name drop again. Uh, I was talking about keepers uh, with Kevin Nolan, and uh, yeah, I know. But no, the the reason I came along, we're talking about Leno, and we're talking about uh, how Fabianski played for Arsenal, and he wasn't highly thought of at Arsenal. He's doing so well at West Ham. He'd done well at Sunderland. He'd done well at Swansea, I think, as well. He's done well in a, in a few different clubs. And um, I said, what do you how do you rate uh, Ramsdale? And he just came along and said, he makes basic saves look like Hollywood saves. But that save wasn't a basic save made look like a Hollywood save. That was a, 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 a keeper that was caught in the wrong area of the goal that was able to flip and just get his hands to it. That was a clear goal that Maupay was going was, was gonna to score. Trev? Yeah, we were, the Arsenal fans, we were down the other end to that, Fergus. But even from being like 100 and odd yards away, you could see that it was a good save. You could see that it was a cracking save. And we've... We, 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 I don't know. I don't know how to comment about our previous. I can't comment about our previous goalkeepers. But what what I will say is now we've got we've got a goalkeeper now that I feel confident he's going to make them saves. And not only is he going to make them saves, he's going to make fewer mistakes. Fingers crossed that we've seen our previous goalkeepers make. Because you can talk about Fabianski. He's played well at Swansea. He's played well at West Ham. But he made loads of mistakes at Arsenal. I had zero confidence in the man. I had zero confidence in him, so we had to get rid of him. And if he's doing well somewhere else, good luck to him. Good luck to him, but I wouldn't want him back. I wouldn't swap Ramsdale for anyone now in the league. Anyone. I'm just, I just want to see him develop at Arsenal. And what you've got to remember is, develop's a really important word at the moment, because what's the average age of our back five? About 22, 23? What's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, squad, the squad is at an average age of 23. There you go. There you go. Be excited. Be expecting to lose some games or draw some games. But look at our average age and look at what we can do when we turn it on. Be excited. 
Have you seen? I, I think that to me it looks like Smith Rowe in particular, but Smith Rowe and Saka's confidence in their ability seems to have grown this season. They just seem to be more confident in doing the bits they do do. And once again, they'll both have off games. They've both had off games. And we can question that, you know, but we, we're a developing side and we're developing nicely. I know that, you know, this is me talking and people think, oh, he's never negative. But I am if I need to be. But we're, we're developing side and we're doing all right. 23 years old, you know? Jesus. Uh, we're getting comments like, uh, Trev, you've been Josh Cronky. Uh, Trev Cronky. <laughs> Listen, you're just saying it as it is. We are, we are. I, I do think we're a work in progress. I would like to see us get European football by the end of the season. Um, you know, if 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 all the clouds and stars and unicorns that Sack has got um, align, you know, we could really be lucky and get top four. We might win something trophy-wise uh, uh, along the season. We've got one issue that, that we need to look at. And, Mike, I'll go to you first and then go to Owen. Uh, Arsenal have scored just five goals in their opening seven league games the fewest uh, at this stage of the season since 86-87. And I think the majority of those goals, correct me if I'm wrong, are from set plays. I think we've only had one goal in open play. I might be wrong on that on that stat. But nonetheless, five goals in seven, in, in seven games. Mike, thoughts? What do we need to do? Well, this is where it comes down to tactics, like we were just saying earlier. You know, um, you know, under Arteta, yes, we're we're conceding less goals, but we're not we're not even scoring. So I mean, that that is a massive issue. But I also think maybe having that striker, you know, the right striker in the right position, I think that would probably help us in the long run. But that's something unfortunately we're going to have to wait for. So, but who knows? You know, that could it's it's one of them things that could change. It might not change it. Uh, but I do think it does come down to tactics. Um, I've been very critical in that sense of we don't push the ball forward quick enough. I feel like a lot of the youngsters don't tend to take the risks that we really need to push forward. Uh, there is, they are they are very hesitant. You know there is a couple of hesitants in there. The likes of Partey is one of them as well, and Martin Erdegaard has has been very. You know, he's not really taking them risks as well as Saka and ESR. Sometimes they do take the risks and it pays off. But sometimes when they don't tend to take them risks, it sort of goes backwards. You know, it starts, the ball starts coming back onto us. I, I, I think, I think Abami, uh, sorry, um, uh, Odegaard has been, especially in the Tottenham game and probably the Burnley game, he he was the fulcrum of our press. Um, I think yeah, he's yeah, been well, playing... He, he has, there's a couple of times in the Burnley game when I, you know, I was stood there you know, in the stands watching it you know, sometimes you just feel like you you do see players like Aubameyang, Saka, and Pepe make the runs, and they don't tend to, they don't tend to make that you know the turn and maybe think oh no maybe is it right is it not right is it right and then they just send you know either send it sideways or backwards, you know, even though the space is there for him to get it forward. So yeah, I don't know if that's a tactical you, you, thing or a decision making thing, I'm not too sure, but I think we do need to work on that. So that's just one of the, that's just one of the things that I've seen. Personally, that I feel I, like I, we need to go. I, I get more. you, and, and you see the dreaded horseshoe um, uh, come out. The you know the horseshoe of gloom, where the ball goes backwards, sideways, forwards, backwards, yeah. sideways, forwards. Owen, oh, your thoughts on on where the goals are going to come from? 
would you change team selection would how would you change lineups and tactics and it's over to you uh, no look i i think the the key to success is consistency i think that's what we're lacking and, and, and i think now we're starting to see the benefits of consistency with that back line you know that's what you get when people start to play on a regular basis together and I think what we have in that midfield behind our striker, whoever that may, may be in um, uh, Bakayo Saka, Emil Smith-Rowe and Martin Udegaard, is, is there's a lot of creativity, a lot of expression. I just think they need to be given the freedom. Um, I think that Mikel Arteta is a stickler for ball retention. I think he puts too much emphasis on on retaining the ball and, and, and he isn't uh, risky enough in, in, in letting people sort of go out and express themselves. So for me, I think... I think as well, one of the things that I get frustrated with is that when you look at Spurs, and I'm sorry to keep jumping back to the Spurs match, but it was just because that was the ideal way that we want to see Arsenal play. We played in these small patterns of quick quick one-two touch football, nice pattern triangles that look relatively choreographed, you know, players running into space, no one ever standing still. Just everything you want from a performance. But then we see maybe going back to the old school knock it down the line and try and cross it into some a single man in the box for a header. And for me, if we had a one out to Brighton and lost, trying to play those those patterns, triangles, doing I don't mind failing when people are trying to do the right thing. So for me there needs to be a nailed down system. And we need to stick with it and, and try to implement it as much as possible because like I said, consistency breeds success. And until you start to get consistent, players don't know what they have to do. You know, are, are we going through Martin Udegaard and Saka or, or is Kean Tierney going to spam in crosses for 90 minutes like a five-year-old playing FIFA? That's that's mm. where my issue lies. There needs to be there needs to be a plan. The players need to know their plan and then Mikel Arteta needs to stick to that plan. Okay. Trev, uh, can you grab this a second? My wife just called me. So can you, you and Owen yeah. talk for a second and I'll jump back in? All right. Yeah. Okay. There's 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 some points the the boys make there, and uh, some points I've not because I'm in a different room. I've not got my pen and paper with me jotting this down. Um, comparing me to Josh Cronky, you buggers. That's uh, <laughs> I, I know I use the words, but uh, um, I was at the the Cronky out the campaign, and not because of the money he was spending, but much like we spoke about the players earlier. You know, we got players now that lift the fans. I want an owner that lifts the fans, that cares. And that, that's that's where Josh Conkey annoys me. I want to see an owner that, that's at the club and lifts us fans and, and makes us makes us excited about, you know, I, I know I use that word excited, but I wasn't using it as the, the Josh Conkey expressionism, right? And, you know, um, I forgot what I was going to talk about now. Yeah, you see, I told you we were getting old and you, and you, you laughed at me. <laughs> See, Fergus said, right? Fergus said that '87, we, we, we've not was when we last scored so few goals at the start of the season. Well, we won a good final that season. We won a League Cup final that season against Liverpool. It was a cracking game of football. But the and following, it, was, it, it wasn't too bad. A couple of years yeah. after, either. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But well, that's the point. I mean, you're exactly spot on, my friend. You are spot on because the following season in '88 was probably my worst ever trip to Wembley. We got beaten by Luton in the League Cup final and it was embarrassingly bad. But then, what happened in 89, Owen? You knew where I was heading, mate. You knew where I was heading. You know, you never know what's around the corner. I'm not saying we're going to be knocking doors down in the season's time. 
but you don't know what's around the corner, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, we've not scored that so, many goals. We're short of a striker, we said, but we could well go on and win something. Trev, our next game, as you say, is after the international break. Um, we've got two effectively midweek games because we've got a they're not midweek but it's a Monday and a Friday so we've got two weekday games eight o'clock kickoffs um should um Newcastle uh beat Tottenham uh on the Sunday before our game against Palace pre the game um, and the fans gather in the in the concourse and have a few beers and get the two for ones and everything else. Uh, hopefully, there's a good atmosphere. But should they uh, have another rendition of Tottenham get battered everywhere they go, or should that only be reserved for a Tottenham game? But if they got beaten against Newcastle, surely we should be singing that again. Oh, I'm not so sure, mate. I... I'm sick of hearing the name, the word Tottenham. Sick of hearing it among our fans. You know, but if they got done three nil, what do you reckon? <laughs> my ear. What do you think of Tottenham? I'm honestly going to lose what little bit of my ear I've got left, mate. It drives yeah. me to distraction. Sing about. Uh, I'm, with, I'm with Trev on this one. I, I always think that 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 song should be saved for a Tottenham game. Yeah, you know, you know it shouldn't should be sung at the, it shouldn't be sung in the stands at Burnley or Brighton, you know. But the but the song its birth of the song was West Ham sing, uh, fans watching it, um, watching Tottenham on an early kickoff getting battered, and they were looking at the screen. You could see it on social media. So uh, it should it not be brought back again? Look, what, so hang on a minute. We got Palace next, right, on a Monday night. Don't start me off about that, right? We go three 0 up against Palace. Right? Fingers crossed. What are we going to sing? Tottenham get battered everywhere they go. Or are we going to sing Palace? No, 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 no. I said, I said, I said pre, I said pre-game in the concourse if the results go the right way, Trev. Throughout the game itself, I don't want to hear, stand up, you hate Tottenham, what do you think of Tottenham? I don't engage in those. They should only be kept for North London derby days and, you know, when when you're very drunk celebrating an FA Cup final or a league win or a Champions League win. Wouldn't that be lovely? Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Owen, um, what's your thoughts on uh, the upcoming Palace game? Uh, you know, it, it's a long way off. You don't know who could get injured in the um, stupid, ridiculous um, international window because Ireland have got no chance of qualifying for nothing. That's the only reason I say that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. I love international breaks because I'm completely free because there's no point in paying attention to Ireland whatsoever. Um, <laughs> but look, uh, uh, I, th- I think the, the don't, don't, don't don't feed these two, you know, don't feed I them. Know, I, I, well, no, no, but it's even better because they're English. They thought they were going to win something. And nobody else did. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not than Ireland ever did. It, does, right. it doesn't matter. We're, we're, we're forgetting something about this game as well. Is that it's the big Paddy Vieira derby, you know? The, Correct. So, so that adds a bit of space to it. But look, uh, it's, it's sort of a bit hot and cold with Palace at the minute. I'm not sure what to expect. But on a more personal note, I, I'm absolutely shitting it going into that week because of the. I'm actually going over from my, my first game, and um, it's actually funny because my the last game I was at. Um, pre-pandemic was the 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 villa game where we come back three two 
under Unai Emery when we went down to 10 men Maitland Niles was sent off and, and my first game back is going to be the, the Villa fixture on the Friday and I'm obviously going to meet, meet a few you boys and along with a rake of other people so make sure if, make sure you Trevor buys first otherwise you're screwed uh, that's it Don't, uh, here, I, cl- I clocked onto that well early I know, I know the type <laughs> but, but, but uh, no um, it's an 8 o'clock kickoff so I'm more nervous about the fact of what shape we're going to be in by the time we get to the game Um but look, for for me, the way I describe, my, as I said, my, I was saying earlier, my position of Mikel Arteta um, was that we probably should have moved on to him. Now, given the fact that he got ten points out of twelve available um, in the last four games, I think that I, I, the way I described it was a stay of execution until Christmas. So I, I, I'm I wouldn't say I'm back on the trust the process train, um, but. Um, uh, I'm willing to give him a chance now that he's got his players, but uh, I would like to see some more positive football, the type that we've seen against Tottenham. We don't need a big, a big uh, monumentous occasion to go out and express ourselves playing decent football, and that's what I want to see against Palace because they're there to be got at. Uh, yeah, I, I I agree, and uh, like some people have commented about the the, the Vieira homecoming, and we talk about songs that be sung. I, I think uh, Vieira uh, he will get a good welcome by the Arsenal uh, faithful. Um, uh, Mike, what's your what's your thoughts on on the Palace game, and and obviously we got the Villa not long after that either. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I was thinking maybe that could be one of my first home games this season, but the way it's looking, it's a case of now with the times and everything else of you know the. Palace and Villa games, you know, the, the late kickoffs and everything else, and the games in between, it's just going to cost more than what it's worth, <laughs> you know, because it's getting the train down there for me and everything else. So it's it's, it's not worked out well for me that one. So I'm not happy about well, that. You, and I'm, I you hate do Sky. know you do know that um, bookings.com, guns and yellow ribbons, bookings.com is always available. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you, I figured that was probably coming, but you know, uh, you know me, I don't like to ask. You do what but you need to do, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just one of them ones where you think, oh, for God's sake, you know, there's probably one of those ones I probably could have got to, and then it's like, Sky, screw it all up for you. But that's the way it is. And as, as for the international breaks, for, uh, just before I go on to the Palace game, I just think, oh, I hate international breaks. It winds me up. Just yeah. play football. You know, I want to see the league. I don't want to see internationals. I'm not bothered. Yeah, every every four year, every two years, I want to see an international break, and that's for the Euros and for the World Cup. I don't want to see any in the in the in the in the league, uh, you know, during the season. Don't need to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Palace. Uh, Owen, it's a nail on the head, you know, with the uh, Vieira's uh, homecoming and everything else. So yeah, I, I hope he does get a good reception because he, he deserves it out of anyone. Uh, so I hope the fans do give him a good reception, but not make it easy for him either. Yeah, agreed. Trev, final final word because you—that's what you like. Vieira deserve. Is he frozen? Oh, Fergus is frozen. Look at him. No, he ain't. Um, no, I haven't frozen Vieira, your internet. Vieira will hopefully get a massive welcome because he's probably the the best midfielder I've ever seen play at Arsenal in the manner he played. He was a player that probably got sent off twice a season, but you totally accepted that because every sending off was worth it. Um, so you got he's going to get a massive welcome, and then his team's going to get beaten and beaten good. I think. Um, I, I'm looking forward to. I, I can't talk about the game specifically because I think Sky have gone over the top, Fergus. You know, I know Sky got new games. I know they've paid they've paid a lot of money for the for the privilege. 
But moving Arsenal playing on Monday and then again on a Friday, it does make you start thinking: Is there an agenda against the Arsenal in some way? I know that. And then twelve, then twelve thirty on a Saturday, the following week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've got Man United coming up, and we've got Norwich on a Sunday at twelve thirty at home, or is it four thirty at home? One of the two. It's just, you know, it's um, it's I'm upset about it because you know I have a long journey as well. Trevi comes ten minutes. What's he talking about? You waffle on at the end as always. Getting your <clears> oh yeah, no, I've got nothing to talk about tonight. Really, I'm done. I'm I'm, I'm finished. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm your jo- I'm, your I'm journey back. your journey's your journey's long. It's not as long as mine, Trev. Don't worry about it. But uh, it actually suits me lovely because uh, myself and Mike Feinberg, my co-host of the Gunners Podcast, on the Sunday we're actually going undercover. As like a really crappy knockoff. Remember, remember the movie Green Street where Frodo Baggins um, becomes a, a football hooligan. That's what we're doing. We're going undercover as West Ham fans to watch Spurs get battered. So we're 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 taking the opportunity, and if they do get hammered, we'll revel in the opportunity to sing that song um, at West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, Owen, oh, um, what, what have we got you on there? Say say your 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 farewells, but also let people know where they can find you. Hopefully, you'll be on here a little bit more often if you've enjoyed it tonight. Um, and uh, yeah, then we'll move on to Mike and Trev, and we'll we'll bid farewell to everyone for tonight. No, absolutely. Cheers for having me on. I apologise for my mic breaking and then my internet has been a little bit dodgy um, this evening, which is un- uncharacteristic, but no, brilliant to be on. You can find me on on Twitter uh, at Owen Young AFC. You can see that dodgy spelling there, or if you want, you can make it easier for yourself and look us up at the Gooners podcast. Uh, at the minute, we're obviously coming towards the end of our Gooners v Cancer campaign, so head over there, check out uh, the prizes available in the raffle, some absolutely insane prizes there, so Head over, check it out. And yeah, no, look forward to get back on. Thanks for having me. You're definitely the yin to the yang of uh, Feinberg, aren't you? Um, yeah, until alcohol gets involved. And we're just working out because we're actually staying in the North Bank of Highbury in, in, in the apartments while we're there. And uh, the discussions and negotiations are ongoing as to whether we're going to lie beside each other like a Twix or, or whether we're going to go top and tail. Um, so <laughs> it's a. Uh, any suggestions in the well, chat would be muchly appreciated. We we, I we shall meet. I'm going to go top and tail. <laughs> Man, you haven't seen his feet. He's uh... <laughs> no, I am. I've only seen this sort. Of I don't. Wa- I, I I don't want to know it because you and know that, what they're that, saying about big feet. Yeah, that's enough for me. <laughs> Just this sort of square that you it, get. That's it it, it, it isn't yeah. the it isn't the size of me, Fergus. It's the fungi and growths that that concern me. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Listen, um, we will. Terry Greenwood that keeps cropping up on here, Owen. Right, we we travel to all the European aways together. We we've been we go to all the games, and I had to share a room with him once. Right, Owen, I'm scarred, still scarred now, scarred for life. And I honestly, <laughs> you, you meant to share ever, a room, not spoon. I'll yeah. never share a room ever in my life. Even when my son comes now, my son who I love dearly. He comes to watch Arsenal. Will we stay over somewhere? I make him get a separate room. I'll never share it. The, the wife Tra- Trev, with her. The, the last thing I'll say before I go is um, that you, look, you, you're like myself. You've got tattoos. You've your arms crossed. You seem like a big dude. But to me, you scream a secret baby spoon. You're you're a little spoon for me. <laughs> 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 
Absolutely. It didn't take long. It only took an hour and seven minutes for Owen to get back into Guna podcast mode. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, guys, uh, thanks very much. Scunny, as always, uh, you're, uh, you're, are you doing the Ars Bros? I'll do Ars Bros every now and again. Um, I'm, I'm what they call a free agent now, so I'm pretty, you'll probably see me popping up all over the place when... Yeah, went, you're on so. Lee Judge's fan cams. You you yeah. pop up on Guna Podcast in here. So, yeah, yeah. Um, are you the new Dan Potts? No, uh, I'm not that popular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hilsey, every little helps. Say your uh, farewells. Listen, we've just got to confirm what Owen just said. Well, he's obviously turning out to be a bit of a knob. It's... Um, <laughs> it's this. <laughs> Have a look at this. Have a look at this Gooners We Cancer raffle. The boys done ever so well, they have. Ever so well. Go over there and have a look at what they've got on offer. There's some really good stuff there. And, uh, yeah, I forgot I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah, you can find me, right, on Guns and Yellow Ribbons only, right? Because I'm not bothered, really. I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm an Arsenal fan. We, Everyone we get invited anywhere else. That's what it is. <laughs> We, we didn't touch on, on, on the conversation we had beforehand. Uh, but listen, people on social media uh, should uh, get their facts correct before they start castigating people and calling people um, misogynistic, racist and everything else just because they support a football team or sing a song that has nothing to do with race, creed or religion. I'll leave it there. I'll stop with that. Um, guys, uh, we... are lowering yourself to their level, son. Don't go there. Just... Press that block button, son. We know who we are. We know what we are. You know, we're decent Arsenal fans, and that is it. Don't go there, mate. Don't let. Don't go. Don't stoop. Don't stoop. Um, last thing to say is uh, we will meet up for a beer, uh, Owen, um, uh, Gunnar, Hilsey, and Trev, and me. Are, are you, you um, Scotty? You're not down for the, the the Villa game, but the Villa game is the the one we're out for. So. Um, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm going to Leicester though, so I think I'll see you there. Yeah, you will. Yeah, mate. I'll see you at Leicester. Yeah, and I know although Mike, I'm dry, I think I'm, you're going out here as well, Owen. Do we take you out the end of Omri? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> you know exactly. Hand the frog. Get in there, Terry. You have been watching an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Thank you, everybody. Go away, Trev. You've been listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons and Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too.